she went into this, you know, coma-like state. Um, She just wasn't responding. And she was having brain seizures over and over again. Now I had to decide whether am I accepting this is what my this is what is going to be for my mom's, you know, quality of life now. Like, is this what it is? At what point did you find yourself where you're like, okay, this is my mom. Okay, this is Mm -hmm. who she is. I wasn't prepared for that. So while my mom was actually recovering uh, initially from the brain tumor removal, she actually had a stroke. And it was at that point where it, it, it flipped a switch in my head. This isn't gonna be the mother that I knew. No matter where you are in the world, there is one thing we have all experienced together, change. This pandemic has forced us out of our comfort zones and has pushed us into a new norm. And we simply surrendered and figured out a way to thrive. I'm your host, Elio Pablo, and welcome to Making Changes, a new podcast from INC Media Audio. In this podcast, you'll hear honest conversations between two people who are on the same path to change, but are in different stages in their journeys, and will learn how they've navigated their way around their new normal, but always with God by their side. On today's episode, you'll meet Jason and Mike, who both cared for their mothers, battling chronic illness, but now have passed on. Jason has lost three members of his family in a five-year span, his young nephew, his mom, and most recently, his younger sister. Mike, an only child, cared for his mother for two years and just recently lost both his mother and his grandmother a month apart. Today, these men will talk about what it's like to go through different stages of grief and how in such tough times, why having the right perspective matters. And uh, by the way, Jason is my husband and Mike is a good friend of ours and my colleague here at INC Media. So we'll be flies on the wall as these two sons share life lessons they've learned along the way. Let's listen in. Hey, Jay, Jay, how you doing? <laughs> What's up, bro? What's up, man? First of all, you know, I want to extend my condolences to you. How are you holding up? No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, and, and thank you, you know, for the condolences. It, it, it's been odd been very odd and and I say that to you Jay because um you know I, I know you've had you know a loss in your family mm-hmm. I mean my gosh like past three years if I'm not mistaken right oh well, yeah five three family three very very close family members uh um in the past five years so yeah you know sometimes I wish I could be in your position because you know that saying of time you know you know time uh heals and right. um yeah the situation I just had it's it's pretty fresh but mm-hmm. I, I say it's an odd situation because, you know, just like you gave your condolences and I'm, I'm so grateful for it, right. you know, but it feels like it, it happened so long ago. Mm-hmm. But when I start thinking about those last moments, because, you know, I had the opportunity to be with her, right. you know, um, it, it, it really makes it even more real again that, you know, have I accepted, you know, that, that she's gone uh, and such. And, you know, until now I still wonder, you know, have I dealt with the grief properly? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've spoken to others who are close and, and I've been meaning to speak to you for a while. Right. right. Um, you know, uh, it's one thing to say that loss is, is it's expected, you know, we're expected, you know, right. to pass. 
But when it happens, and it really happens to somebody who who's close to you, and, and in this case, you know, a parent, you know, um, you know, it, it's always helpful to find different perspectives on it because everyone's circumstances are different. Well, I lost my mom back in um, what 2017, and um, I think for me, it, it was all about. I mean, she got into her condition uh, because of a, uh, she actually had a tumor in her brain and, you know, she was fine before that. And then all of a sudden um, that tumor came about and the doctors thought it was a a pretty aggressive tumor. So they wanted to take it out really fast. So, um, but it was after that particular uh, operation to remove the tumor where my my mom was never the same after that anymore. but you know, it, it it was just one of those things where you know God's will kind of, kind of uh, took the forefront. And you know, you're right. It's have you accepted it, and have you grieved enough? Have you grieved in the right way? I mean, I was asking that question uh, to myself. Um, you know, I would say months, probably even a year after she had passed. So, tell me a little bit more about your mom. I mean, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, what was what was her illness? Well, my mom was um, diagnosed with uh, renal failure. Oh, she had yeah. kidney failure, and it was a process for her actually. Like yeah. it wasn't something that just came. Um, you know, in a nutshell, in two thousand, she was in a very bad car accident that it changed the life of my entire family um, mm. because uh, she had spinal nerve um, uh, separation. Basically, <sighs> she had all these shredded nerves. And she lost all feeling in her right leg and she had foot drop and she developed Parkinson's disease after that. But, mm. you know, after that, she was walking, going back to work. She had a cane like she was. She a went back to work. Oh yeah, my she goodness. went back to work after six months and um, she was diagnosed not to ever walk again. And it was <laughs> mom's prayers. A fighter, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like she who this woman is like she's she's stubborn to the to the to the letter, <laughs> you know, if like. But yeah. um, she went to work. She went back to her usual thing. And it was when we moved down to Florida because the winters were getting so cold, so harsh for her body. Right, it was in right. 2018. And, you know, she was expecting just to live life and retire. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, she got to that age where, you know, her condition got worse. You know, her Parkinson's got um, stronger. You know, you mm-hmm. would see her right arm shake her neck shake, you know, involuntarily. So she had to take more medicines for that. And then she started having urinary tract infections. And it got to the point this past year, Jay, I mean, I'm not even kidding because I have the discharge papers to prove it. She was in the hospital more than 20 times this year. She was in the hospital more and rehabilitation more than she was at home. And that's how bad it got. And Mm. then later on, she started having seizures. Like, because she had to go on dialysis because of her kidney failure right. and it weakened her body more and more and more. And every time she got sent home because she ran out of Medicare days, she couldn't do rehabilitation anymore. Uh, you know, um, uh, she was always getting sent home in a weakened state. Yeah. And it got to a point where I picked her up from dialysis one time because she, you know, her blood pressure was so low. I picked her up, we're driving home and she had a seizure right in the car when I was driving. And I was holding her down, you know, trying to turn around, keep calm and everything like that. And um, since then, and this was in um, September, Mm -hmm. you know, I admitted her again. And that was the last time that, you know, I I was really able to have, 
you know, uh, a conversation with her because then she went into this, you know, coma-like state. Um, She just wasn't responding and she was having brain seizures over and over again. And um, yeah, that's that's where it got really, really tough Um, Mm. because you mentioned before, now I had to decide whether am I accepting this is what my this is what is going to be for my mom's, you know, quality of life now. Like, is this what it is? You know, and I start to ask, like, how am I going to deal with this? I mean, there was things that happened beforehand that I was even struggling with, but she was home with us. She was able to talk to me and tell me, like, Michael, I feel this way or this, you know. But now, like, I was in this position where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to make decisions for her health now. Right. And now I have my wife, you know, who has her own health issues. I have two young children. How does Mm. this all fit in? You know, so um, and it even started affecting me, honestly, Jay. Um, It started affecting my own health. At what point did you find yourself where you're like, okay, this is my mom. Okay, this is who she is, even though she's sick. Okay, yeah, she's still the same person. And then all of a sudden, they're never who they were that you knew they were before. Oh, yeah. No, it's, you know, uh, when I was going through all of my health stuff, of course, the heart transplant and and everything, you know, of, of course, with something like that, you know, death is always in the back of your mind. And for me, it was thinking about death for me. It was about me leaving behind uh, my wife and my and, and my two young kids. So, but with that, I was prepared for me for, for for my own death. And you know, by the grace of God, I got through all of that. But when I when it came to my mom, yeah, that, that it just I wasn't prepared for that. And I think uh, so. So while my mom was actually recovering. Uh, initially from the um, from the uh, brain tumor removal um, while she was recovering she actually had a stroke and it was at that point where you know it it, it flipped a switch in my head saying that I don't think my mom's going to recover from this or if she does recover it this isn't going to be the mother that I knew this isn't going to yeah. be the mother that you know was always calling us to see how we were doing. You know, every time I ended up in the hospital, she was, you know, because she worked at the same hospital, she was there. She would spend her lunches. She would spend her breaks just to see how I'm doing. But now that was going to be gone. That part of my mom was going to be gone. I mean, essentially, I mean, as, as bad as this may sound, my mom stopped being my mom during this time. And yeah, it, it, it was tough to accept, um, even if she were to be, you know, physically and, and, you know, she was transferred into a nursing facility. Um, she was also tra- after that transferred to another uh, specialist facility because she actually got trait. So and, you know, there she is. She's there. She can't communicate because she has a, you know, a, a tube down her throat. Um, so, yeah. One of the biggest things to struggle with is, you know, this is no longer my mom. Um, and, and it was tough. You know, there was there was a lot of prayers, but a lot of the, you know, the theme of those prayers were not at, at first it was God, please heal. Please heal mom. You know, that's what we'd say, you know, in our family prayers with the kids, with the Leo and the kids. 
please heal mom. But once we were kind of like knowing where this was going and, and you know, there was, it, it was a couple years until my mom actually passed on. But, um, once we turned our prayers to God, no matter what, you know, we're still going to love you. You know, it, it, your, your will is what we trust. What, whatever you have planned for mom, um, you know, we will accept it. And I think once we came to that point, it got better emotionally to deal with. It got better uh, spiritually to deal with because, you know, we had to just let God's will kind of like happen. And the toughest part was was, was just, you know, kind of like watching her deteriorate, you know. I mean, it, it, it's hard, one, to see your parent or to watch your parent watch your mother get older and weaker but for me i mean i had siblings there was four of us to kind of like take turns on who because she was bedridden for, from this point on um but for you man i mean you you were an only child yeah that was um that was the really rough part and um uh, to be honest with you, my shoulders would get tight. My face would get tight. There was actually a, a part of me at one time when I found out my mother was intubated because yep. things weren't going right. I actually was in the car driving and I felt my face tighten up. I started having heart palpitations. And I said, oh my gosh, am I having a heart attack? Am I having a stroke? So I called my wife and I said, I'm going to the ER. And, and when I went to the ER, they're like, sir, you're fine. It's anxiety. And I used to belittle people who have anxiety attacks. I'm like, come on, man. It's, yeah. it's just in your brain. Like, come on. Like, like, get with it. You'll grow up. You know, that kind of thing. Shake it off and, type of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, just shake it off, you know? But um, I realized at that point that it wasn't my mind because it really wasn't in my mind that I was stressing. It was my body. Like, right. my body was actually telling me, like, look, you, you got to deal with this in a way that, you know, because it, it is affecting you. And, you know, being that I was the only one working um, and I and Jay, you know, you and I, you know, uh, being members of the church, we love our duties. You know, Absolutely. we would yeah. die for our duties. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't balance our time with our family. We love our families, mm -hmm. you know, but when that call is there, we know that when we perform our duties, you know, God doesn't forsake us. And, and that's what it was really at. You know, so when you ask that question, like, you know, how did I did it? The reason why or how I did it, it really was with God's help. And why I did it was because I was really like, God, what more can I do to, to have you, you know, help me? What more can I have? What, what more way? And I used to say this to my wife. I'm not asking God to give us more things. I want more mercy. I want more of his pity on us because I really felt like, wow, like, I'm hurting here, you know, and um, but that was a, a, an experience that I thought maybe at the time, you know, crossed my mind being a human being. And, you know, um, when I had to do maybe sometimes, you know, undignifiable things to take care of my mom, because it's just me, you know, and it's just her with the prayers. I, I mean, I went to the chapel every day, you know, initially asking God, God, can you please heal my mother? You know, I'm not asking you to make her you know, a hundred percent, just let her be able to walk or not even walk. Just let her be able to talk and respond, you know, and, um, the experience that I wanted to share with you is that the doctor was telling me right in front of my face. And at the time that my mom 
had just opened her eyes, but she couldn't communicate. Mm. He's saying, you need to consider hospice. And when he said that, my mom had this very sad and tearful look, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I let the doctor talk because I said, okay, we need to listen to what he has to say. Then after he left, you know, I went to my mom and I said, mom, look, I said, we had to hear what we needed to hear because for the doctors, yes, it's an improbable thing, but that's why this is for God. He's the expert of improbable and impossible. So we'll continue to pray and do what's best. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about if I'm going to send you to a hospice center. I said, that's not in my mind. What I want is, is that. You know, we'll be guided in whatever decisions we make, you know, and, and that's that was the turning point, as you said, uh, Jay, mm-hmm. to my prayers. Um, I really I went to that chapel that day and I prayed and I, I met a good friend. This close family friend said to me, Mike, I wish I was in your position because I wish I could have had the chance to be with my family or a family member before they passed, you know. Um, and when I when I heard that, you know, I. I realized that I, I was never upset that at the fact that God didn't heal my mom. I never got upset about that. Mm-hmm. I never got upset that, you know, as much as I prayed that there was no progress in her and her health. I realized that God was preparing me. I was mourning that whole time, mm-hmm. grieving that whole time, but he was preparing me to accept that look, you know, this, if it's your mom's time, this is what it is. And I ha- and I remember saying that 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 time after I spoke to the sister that, you know, God, please just give me the strength from now on to accept whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready to accept that if my mother passes because Jay, I I've I've seen the pain that she's been in, and I'm sure you've seen the pain that your mom's been in oh, for a long time. time. You know, you've been sitting with her next to her on that bed, you know, taking care of her, and you see this excruciating pain they go through. And they even tell you about it. Most definitely, yep. It, w- it was frustrating, you know, taking care mm-hmm. of my mom. But not once did I ever get upset with God that thinking mm-hmm. that why would he allow this to happen? Does he know that I'm performing my duty at the same time? And, and Jay, I fought hard. Mm-hmm. Your wife knows well. I fought hard mm-hmm. to yeah. come into the office every day to do work. And, and, and at any time I could have said, I can't. And you had every reason to say. No, you would but, think I had every reason. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm like. Do I have a reason? Do I have a reason to be upset? Do I have a reason not to? Thank God still. And after all that, that's when I, I really again realized like, you know what? I can never be mad at God for what happened. When my mom was going through all of her stuff, going in and out of the hospital, I mean, there was one time I was actually in choir practice and I get a call. The doctor said, um, your mom is having trouble breathing. We're probably going to have to intubate her again. But we need, we need your family to give us the yes or no. So quickly, I had to call my siblings. But right before I called them, I, I just prayed and I said, God, I, I am not going to make this decision. Because the doctor said, if we don't intubate her, uh, it could, it, the trajectory could go in a downward uh, direction. Wow. And it was just one of those things like, oh, okay. So I called my, I prayed, God, let your will be done. Yeah, for called sure. my siblings and said, "Hey, this is what's going on. I need to give the doctor a, 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 some decision. Okay, what are we going to do here?" And you know, we talked about it. The decision was is 
um, is my mom able to communicate with you? So I called the doctor back. That was, that was going to be my question. Can my mom communicate with you? Yeah, when I when I call the doctor back, the doctor says, "Your mom told us to intubate her." Oh wow! So she, my mom was the one who made the oh, decision. Oh my goodness! So, it, it, and and you know, even even the last time I saw my mom uh, awake, and it, it was a Saturday night prior prior to her death. Um, Leo and I we walked into the hospital, and you know, my mom she's hooked up and everything, but she's cognizant she's looking at us she's smiling she's waving but she's got all these tubes in and out of her you can see the pain that she was in and you know yeah Leo and i we just sat down of course you know what it's like just sitting there holding her hand yeah <laughs> just watching watching them suffer but my mom was still trying to smile for us I, I i think she even asked us if we ate and i was like mom you don't have to worry about us eating and and then my dad and my sister walked in and so we kind of left and Aliyah and I were just talking and said, you know, I hate seeing my mom like this. And that night we prayed, you know, God, you know, whatever you want to do, we'll still love you. Again, it was always that. We'll, we wanted to assure God that we will still love you no matter what. You know, just put my mom, you know, in into your hands, whatever your will that it is. And that was the last, you know, like I said, that was the last time that uh, we saw her awake. Me and my family, we never had any reason to, to ever be mad at God because with the situation where she had a hard time breathing, where are we going to make the decision to intubate her or not? Yeah. You know, God gave her enough strength to communicate with the doctors to, you know, so she made the decision to, um, to be intubated. Um, even that last time that I saw her, you know, it, it, we knew she was suffering, but Again, the prayer was all about, you know, God, she's in your hands. We'll love you no matter what. You know, I, 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 I just don't want to see her suffering anymore. And, you know, a day later, uh, that was when she uh, was no longer awake. And the only thing keeping her alive were, uh, were the machines and the, and, the, uh, and the medicines that she was on. But um, she was sick for quite a while. And I think God gave me that time gave us that time to to kind of prepare for it but yeah. you know how it is mike no matter how much you prepare you're never prepared <laughs> when it really happens right i was i was gonna say because um you you said something before and and hearing what you're saying jay it's helping me a lot because one thing i, I was looking for always was in making these decisions am i gonna have peace about it um mm -hmm. and you sound like you 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 know you because of your prayers, you know, God gave you that peace to know that even if the decision that was made and, you know, she passed, that you really, you really could feel that it was his will. And it wasn't something, you know, that you were left in confusion because I went through that similar thing. Like when I made that decision, you know, I was wondering before the decision, am I making the right decision? Am I right. choosing her fate here of some sort or what's going to happen? You know, the, the one thing that you said, which which totally hit home was what do what should we pray for as a family? And you said yourself, I, I just prayed for mercy. And that's what it was that that when, when once you said that, it's like I had goosebumps everywhere because that's exactly it. God, you know, we just please be merciful. 
not just to me, but to everybody, to, to, to everybody who showed love, shows love to, to my mom. And, and, and I thought that was awesome when you said that. You know, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not asking for her to come home, um, you know, you know, to, to, to be able to do this again or do that again. All I'm doing is praying for mercy. Um, it was mentioned, you know, one of our worship services about how God's peace is it's something so different and unimaginable um, that it guards our thoughts and emotions. And when I heard that, it, it just clicked. When when we were asking for mercy from God, you know, for God's will to kind of show up. It's like, do we keep my mom around for our own selfish um, acts because we just want her around? Yeah. Or do we just want her to exactly right? Or do you just want God to do what he has to do so she stops feeling pain? And the latter was always the greater. And yes, I love my mom. Uh, you can ask my siblings. I am the favorite. <laughs> so am you, I. you don't have that problem, <laughs> but, but I, I can say, but yes, you know. But um, I, I, I miss her very, very much, and um, you know. But God did what He had to do for us, and and for my mom to put us at peace. We as members of the church, we we treat death differently, and oh, definitely yes. Right. Um, so, <laughs> I, I mean, definitely with my mom, definitely with my my nephew when he died at, at eight years old, and then with my younger sister who's only two years younger than me, so she was uh, what forty five when she passed, and hers was all of a sudden. So, with my mom, you had time to prepare. With my sister, I didn't have any time because that was literally out of the blue and uh, you know but god god knew god's will was that they all be taken uh, away from this world in 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 the time that he did you know that's all on that's all god's will and we say it in our prayers every time god in in your hands and in your will is the best place for us to be just keep us there and I love it when my kids can say that in, 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 in their prayers, when you say that at night. You know, that's one of the great things too, Jay, because um, you ended off like with your kids. Um, you know, I think about the legacy that my mom leaves behind and that's, but that's left in us. You oh, know, absolutely. I started thinking about all the things that she taught me. And that's part one of Mike and Jason's story. We're going to stop right here for now, and in part two, we'll talk about the values that their moms have passed down to them, that they're now passing on to their own children. They'll also talk about their advice for others who are going through grief and this pivotal change of losing a loved one. So make sure you tune in to part two. Now, if you found value in what you heard today, please share it with a friend who is dealing with loss and grief during this time. And we'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on whatever platform you're listening from. Be sure to subscribe to Making Changes to stay up to date with new episodes. For more inspiring content or to learn more about the Iglesia de Cristo or Church of Christ, log on to incmedia.org or download the INC Media app. Thanks for listening and may your change uplift you.